One of the worst kept secrets in the video game industry, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle still managed to surprise everyone. How's it going? This is Colin Tanner from VideoGamesOrDumb.com kicking off our third day of E3 2017 coverage by breaking down all the news, all of the trailers, and all of the announcements from Ubisoft's press conference and PC Gamer's press conference, and we have a lot to get to. Now, say what you will about Ubisoft. Yes, they are a major publisher. Yes, they have their annual franchises like Activision and EA do. They have a Assassin's Creed, they have Just Dance, they like to slap Tom Clancy's name on so many different games, but they still manage to take risks. They still manage to produce games that you just wouldn't assume a large publisher would bother making. And that's what's cool about Ubisoft. When you go to their E3 events, you're never quite sure what you're going to see, except in this case, because it started off with the full reveal of Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which is great because we don't need any more leaks. For almost a year now, we've been hearing about this game from different sources, from French video game blogs, to Laura K. Dell, to Kotaku, with full images being leaked. Finally, we have seen it, and still, it was quite shocking. Uh, the show started off with Yves Gaumont on stage. He was joined by Shigeru Miyamoto, and the two talked about how they've always wanted to work together, uh, how that they are basically software developers, and in some ways they are competitors, but they're creative, and they encourage each other to be better and better. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto talks about how when they announced, uh, or when Ubisoft approached them to make this game, uh, he, he told the creative director, do whatever you want, but don't make something that's already been done. Do not make a Mario jumping game. Make something fresh and new, and they certainly delivered on that. We saw the gameplay demo for Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and in short, it is XCOM. Yes, the turn-based RPG tactical shooter XCOM. Mario has a gun. He has a laser gun. He's hanging out with the Rabbids. <laughs> He's walking along a grid. He's strategically placing himself behind cover to avoid incoming fire, and he is shooting back at the enemies. <laughs> yes, really, it's XCOM, but it's still creative. It still has all these different elements that make it sort of uh, cartoonish. So let's say uh, one of the rabbits needs to get over across the battlefield. They can approach Mario, and Mario will throw them in the air so that they can actually flank an enemy. There's also pipes littered all around the world that you could cut through to appear on the other side of the battlefield. So while, yes, it is XCOM, there's sort of a cartoonish, colorful, almost childlike uh, you know, art style to the entire thing. But Shigeru Miyamoto actually said, like, this is what excites him so much about the game. It's being made by a European studio, uh, which I believe is a first. Uh, maybe not. No, I believe a European studio made the soccer games. But this is what excites him so much, is that it just has that different feel, and it's more of an action game. And he even jokes about how the laser guns are unlike anything you'll see in Ghost Recon, which is like, wow, my God. Shigeru Miyamoto just referenced Ghost Recon? He's played other things? Has he? <laughs> you know? You just never know when it comes to him. Uh, and there was a very cool moment where Yves and, and Shigeru actually had, um, you know, the laser guns, basically toy versions of those laser guns, and they stood back-to-back -back doing kind of a Charlie's Angels moment. And it was it was really touching. The audience freaked out over it. Uh, but yes, it's it's basically, it's XCOM, but it still has a, a rabbit's and Mario's sense of humor. We saw Yoshi's in there. Uh, Luigi's actually shooting the enemies with a vacuum cleaner like he had in uh, <laughs> uh, Luigi's Mansion. It's, it's very charming. And surprisingly, it's going to be out super soon. It's going to be out in August, August 29th. Yes, really. So we have about uh, two, two and a half months 
before the game is out. Yes, really. So, and I think I might have predicted that. So you can add that to my predictions list. I got something right. Uh, up next, we saw more of Assassin's Creed Origins. They had the creative director, uh, Ashraf Ismaili. He was on stage, and he pointed out that Assassin's Creed has been around for 10 years, which is hard to believe. But he says that this game has been in production for three and a half years. And basically, he retouched on all the points he talked about, or maybe it wasn't him. Someone talked about at the uh, Microsoft press conference yesterday about how Egypt... Uh, because this game takes place in ancient Egypt, if you did not watch yesterday's press conference, it forced them to reinvent the way that the game plays. They had to introduce more RPG elements. And then he shows off a trailer, which uh, we saw a few things we didn't see yesterday, like a swamp-like environment. We saw a lion hunting a gazelle. We saw a chariot of horses, which was super cool. Uh, early agriculture, so people were farming by using ox to drag a plow. Uh, pink flamingos, crocs, hyenas, crowds and crowds of people wandering through the desert. Uh, the assassin swimming underwater. We got to see fire, which appeared to be naturally growing, sort of like in uh, Far Cry, which is super cool. That could totally change the way that you approach certain missions by just having fire spread naturally. And then it closes out by showing uh, the assassin riding on a camel. Uh, we already know horses are going to be in the game, but yes, you'll be able to ride a camel as well, which is really interesting. Uh, they cut to Christian Waters, uh, who used to be over at uh, GameSpot, and he's with two Ubisoft employees, and he basically says, hey, come back at the end of the show. We're going to have a 30-man demo for Assassin's Creed. And I got to say, I really appreciate that, because they already showed a lot of gameplay yesterday. They had an entire mission that they showed off. They showed plenty of gameplay in that trailer by itself. They don't need this entire press conference to turn into the Assassin's Creed show. There's no reason for that. The Assassin's Creed fans are already excited. They're going to buy it. And you've already probably piqued the interest of, of uh, casual Assassin's Creed fans. Put that on after the show. Let's move on and talk about other things. And then we can come back to that. I, I really appreciate that. I thought that was a very smart way to pace the show. Because otherwise it would have been an hour and a half. And there's no reason a press conference needs to be that long. Uh, <laughs> unless you have you know, something really surprising. But of course, they've already announced the majority of their games or the games have already leaked. Uh, but yes, anyway, moving on. Um, they had a brand new trailer to finally reveal The Crew 2. Now, if you don't remember The Crew, that was on uh, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, uh, you know, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It was an open world racing game where they had a shrunk down version of America. So they had cities like St. Louis, Las Vegas, uh, New York, and you could drive cross country, uh, you know, doing time trials and it was always online. When the game launched, it was pretty much a mess and that's when I played it. So I didn't really like it too much, but I, I understand that they had plenty of updates and DLC that really fixed up what the crew uh, was and uh, the fan base on the Xbox One in particular is very passionate because that was one of the free games with gold and those players apparently have stuck around. So what are they doing differently with the crew two? Well, it looks like it's more of the same. It looks like it's going to be an open world with plenty of racing. You're going to have, you know, uh, different types of cars, four by four buggies that are going to be off-roading and driving through swamps. You're going to have uh, sports cars that are going to be driving on tracks or they're going to be speeding through the busy streets of New York City. But the major difference is that you're now going to have planes and you're going to have boats. So one of the things they talked about is how you can uh, dynamically change the way the waves work, the way that weather affects the way that you race. So if you are in a boat and you go right up ahead another boat, you're chopping the water, which is going to change the traction for that boat. Uh, and then they showed airplanes. They're like crop dusters and they were flying all around New York and swerving in and out of uh, skyscrapers. It looked, uh, it looked cool, you know, and, and they showed off that you're going to be able to 
pair different vehicles together. So if you want, you could have uh, a motorcycle and a 4x4 buggy racing each other. And, you know, just based off of the graphics, when they actually showed gameplay, because mostly it was a CG trailer, they showed off uh, a busy city street, and you could tell that it just rained there. You know, like the just the way that the ground looked, you could tell it just rained, and the reflections on there were, were very, very pretty. And then they cut to a big, open, mountainous field, and a 4x4 driving over grass. And I gotta say, the, the natural environment didn't look that great. The, the grass altogether looked kind of, I don't know, fuzzy? Maybe that was the way the stream was looking, but even though this big, monstrous car was running over the grass... It didn't leave any sort of, of track tire or anything like that. Like the grass was unaffected. It seemed to vanish underneath the wheel and then immediately pop back up. Uh, I'm, you know, it's still months and months away. I'm sure they could fix that. But it was, I don't know, it's one of those things I just naturally noticed. But yes, the Crew 2 will be arriving in early 2018. The next trailer they had was for Assassin's, nope, <laughs> I almost said Assassin's Creed, South Park Fractured Butthole. Yes, it was another South Park trailer that just basically had a bunch of comedy bits of the South Park characters pretending to be superheroes. And yes, it was funny. It was a funny trailer. At one point, Timmy was acting like Professor Xavier from the X-Men, calling Cartman a douchebag. Uh, Timmy was acting like The Flash. You know, they, they, they gave you a little bit more of the backstory about how the new kid is trying to infiltrate Stan's group of superheroes, even though he's really working for uh, Cartman. He's acting as a spy. You know, the, the thing is, this game was announced last year. And people were very excited, and it was supposed to be out last year, and it got delayed, delayed, delayed. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, what else can you really show me that I haven't already... The initial surprise is already gone from this game, but that's okay because it's going to be out uh, in October on October 17th. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it's good. The next trailer that they had was for something called Transcendence, and it is a VR experience that basically puts you in a movie. The concept is that a series of emotions and thoughts and consciousness from the 1990s uh, were put into virtual reality, and they've recently rediscovered this technology, and now you will be experiencing it firsthand. My beef with this is that (laughs) Ubisoft is working with Elijah Wood and his production company, and I understand, objectively, Elijah Wood is an artist, he is passionate, and he works on things. That, you know, working on anything is a lot of hard work. Every time I see Elijah Wood, I just tune out. I don't like Elijah Wood. I think he tries too fucking hard, if I can be honest. Like, every time I see this guy, he's like, by the way, I'm weird. That's right. I'm not some sweet kid. I'm kind of strange. Like, he tries so hard to put on this image. It's like, all right, buddy, I get it. I, oh, whoa. You know, he, he reminds me almost of like, hmm. What's his name? Seth Green, the guy who does Robot Chicken, where all of their sketches are fucking garbage, so they have to end it with somebody like getting shot in the face to be like, that's right, you might not thought we were funny, but at least we're edgy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's a personal beef. We can just move on. <laughs> Elijah Wood is working on some uh, VR experience that will be out in spring of 2018. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He just pisses me off. Anyway, uh, Yves Gilmont is back on stage, the CEO of Ubisoft, and he says he's really proud of this next game, and it is called uh, Skull and Bones. It takes place in 1721. We see a trailer of, of ships sinking after a long pirate battle. That's right, even though Sea of Thieves is coming in the near future, <laughs> Ubisoft has their own pirate game, uh, and the creative director was on stage. His name is uh, Justin Farron, and he was talking about how after Assassin's Creed 4 
Black Flag was released, they wanted to see what else they could do with that the pirate system that they had put in there. So for three and a half years, they sat down and they began developing uh, Skull and Bones. Is it Skull and Bones? Yeah, it's called Skull and Bones. I had to double check. <laughs> but the uh, the thing with this game is basically it's an it's a uh, it's an online game. It's a it's a singular world where you can play by yourself or you can play with friends, and you are going around trying to attack AI ships, right? The whole point is just to gather as much loot as possible from these AI ships. However, players will fight each other, but they're not fighting uh, just to you know take each other out. They're fighting over the gold that's on those AI-controlled ships. So basically, it's, it's a race to see who can get that first before the pirate hunters, who are basically like the Grand Theft Auto police, arrive. And you have to escape them at the, uh, at the end of each match, and they, you cannot defeat them. They are impossible to defeat. So it's a pretty cool concept. Um, they, they definitely show that each boat is slightly different. Some are faster on the water. Some have uh, a longer distance with the uh, cannonballs. Uh, some can ram into other boats. You see a boat ramming into another one, a huge explosion, and the pirates jump off and they get into that boat and they take it over. It looked interesting. Um, I guess I'm just not... You know, it almost looked like uh, an MMO in some ways rather than an action game because each boat had its life bar with a bunch of numbers above it automatically so you could see how much damage they were doing. But one cool thing I, I noticed was that the minimap actually showed the wind patterns so you could show if you were going against the wind or uh, with the wind. And that's cool for a sailboat game. I don't know. It, did, it, didn't, it didn't particularly blow me away, but that game's not going to be out until fall of 2018, so they have plenty of time to... You know, maybe show off something a little bit more interesting like sword battles and, and shooting guns and maybe swimming underwater. I don't know. I, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to play Sea of Thieves. I don't really care about this game. It just looks like online version of Assassin's Creed 4. And that game, for as good as it was, was old. But Sea of Thieves looks super cool. You know, like that game speaks to me in a very particular way because it has a unique art style and it... It seems like the idea was formed organically, whereas this just seems like, you know, stone soup. We already have this concept from another game. Let's put it together and just make it online. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and they show you a giant squid at the very end of the trailer, which was kind of cool. Uh, then it was on to Just Dance, because you have to have Just Dance at every single Ubisoft uh, event. There were people that were essentially dressed up like Scorpion and Sub-Zero that were dancing, except they had LEDs attached to them, and they were dancing to, uh, what's the name of the song? I don't know, but it was a Jamiroquai song, and I like Jamiroquai, so I thought it was fun. <laughs> and then some preppy girls got on stage, and they started playing that song, uh, Bubble Pop, and then they had a panda on stage for no reason, and then the pop star herself, Bebe Rexha, was on stage singing live. Now, I don't know who Bebe Rexha is. I didn't like the song whatsoever, but she was actually singing and dancing. You could tell it was not lip syncing or pre-recorded. So props to her. That's really fucking hard. <laughs> but at the end, she's like, I'm Baby Rexa, and uh, Just Dance is arriving this October. Great. Thank you, Baby. <laughs> Speaking of Baby, we have more South Park. They announced a brand new mobile game featuring the South Park characters playing cowboys and Indians and something called Phone Destroyer. What exactly is Phone Destroyer? I, I couldn't tell you. It looked like it was sort of a card game because there were cards at the bottom of the screen, but it also kind of looked like uh, you know, a turn-based RPG. I could not get a grasp on it. They didn't explain anything. It was just a trailer, and then it was done. It's called Phone Destroyer. Look forward to that. Maybe. 
<laughs> anyway, the next trailer, they have a brand new, uh, brand new IP from Ubisoft called Starlink Battle, and it's going to be around this, oh no, next fall on the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Switch. So what is Starlink Battle? Well, it is a science fiction game where you control a ship that's flying around in space, obviously, and then you land on planets and your ship turns into a hovercraft. So you never get out of your ship and then you battle things on the ground. And there are like, you know, snow monsters and other spaceships that you're battling. So far, so what? Like, what's the big deal here? Well... The way that you change your ship is that you actually use toys like Skylanders or like Disney Infinity. On top of the controller, you can attach basically what looks like an X-Wing and you swap out the left side, the right side and the center part. And you can go to toy stores apparently, buy this stuff and change your ship. Or if you want, you can just download those parts digitally. It's not a requirement that this stuff has to be physical. They didn't really explain what the mechanics were. They didn't really explain what you do in the game or what the end goal is or or if it's uh, online uh, or what it is. But I've got to say, this is really smart. It, it, either it's going to be either it's going to be a hit or it's going to flop. I don't think it. I, I take that back. Either it's going to be a modest and success or it's going to be a flop. I could see this, you know, really gaining some steam because the problem with Disney Infinity and the problem with uh, you know the Lego universe game is that it just doesn't speak to a certain crowd that likes to collect toys. I'm sure we've all known that person that likes to build Gundams that likes to build X-Wings, and they have all these different toys that they've painted themselves and they've put on their shelves. I think that's what this is going after, and that audience is probably the most passionate about, uh, you know, these types of StarCrafts. And the guy on stage that was introducing the game even basically said as much. He said he loved the toys from the 1980s, and that's what they're going for. Uh, the gameplay itself looked pretty interesting, but I think that's actually, that's a very good market to go after, so good job on that, Ubisoft. Oh, and by the way, it's coming to the Switch, so that's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, we had more information about the game Steep. Yes, the snowboarding uh, uh, skiing game from last year. It's going to be getting a brand new expansion that is called Steep Road to the Olympics, where you'll be able to compete in different events from downhill to ski cross to half pipes. I don't know how different that is from Steep because I didn't actually play that game. I own a copy of it. I never played it, but uh, the audience seemed to like it. So that's worth something. Next up, we saw another trailer for Far Cry 5, which was extremely disturbing. We saw a big statue of Jesus Christ on the cross tipped over inside of a cornfield. Amazing grace could be heard in the distance. The camera panned into a church as a storm closed in. And inside the church, the choir continued to sing as a man who was not wearing a shirt and had uh, yellow sunglasses with a machine gun in his hands joined them in the song of Amazing Grace, which is a hymn. I finally understand what this game is supposed to be, just from that trailer, just from looking at that guy's sunglasses. In case you don't know, back in the 1970s, there was a guy named Jim Jones, and Jim Jones was a cultist. He uh, persuaded everyone to live on a compound with him, and he actually hung out with uh, the, the California governor. He was this bizarre communist guy, and he felt like people were reading too into his life you know, about what was going on. He felt really uncomfortable about that because he was a cult leader and he wanted to control everyone. So he flew everyone out over to a different country. I forget which one. Uh, and basically that's where Jonestown, if you've ever heard the term Jonestown, that's where it came from. Uh, and he had this little cult right there. Now, the way that that ended was with a mass suicide. 
But the way that they're handling it in this game is that it, they're being more um, nationalists and they're going to basically pick up arms and, and try and spread their cult or, I guess, protect their cult. We got a gameplay demo where a uh, dude and a lady, the lady had a sniper rifle, uh, were hanging out together and she's like, hey, where do you want me? And the player actually pointed towards a water tower, apparently pressed a button and she's like, uh-huh, okay, I'll be on top of the water tower. And then he snuck down to take out a few enemies and actually called in the sniper rounds. And then a dog, who's a friendly ally, was actually collecting guns and bringing it back to the player. And there were also people being run over by tractors <laughs> and people being burnt alive. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and crop dusting planes dropping bombs and semi trucks smashing through traffic and helicopters crashing and more people getting run over by traffic and people being beaten down by bats through stealth attacks. It looked fucking crazy. It was super cool. Far Cry 5. I'm really interested in it. But uh, if you've never heard of Jim Jones and you have a strong stomach for tragedy, I'd recommend you look that up because it seems like they're taking a lot of cues from uh, Jim Jones and his, uh, his cult. Well, I can't remember what he called them, but... You know, was it Jim Jones? I don't know. Anyway, we had our final trailer for the night or for the afternoon. <laughs> what time is it again? It was a futuristic city. There were flying cars everywhere. And there was a little Japanese sushi shop. There was a pig that looked like a human being. He was like a pig man. He was eating stuff. And he was talking to the monkey. Yeah, there was also a talking monkey there. <laughs> and he's like, hey, where's your master? And the monkey's like... I don't need my master everywhere. Now hurry up. Let's, let's fucking do this. And so he hands the pig a, a statue, right? And he's like, can I get the money over, or can I get the, um, can we trade already? And so the pig hands him a CD, right? <laughs> it sounds insane. The more I'm taking it out loud, the pig takes one look at the statue. He's like, awesome. I finally got this thing. And then he realizes it's a fake. But by the time he realizes that the monkey has already used a grappling hook to escape the sushi shop. And attach himself to a flying bike where a friend of his is flying that bike around there. They're escaping the police. There's being missiles shot at them. They're tricking the missiles into going back into the same ship that was firing the missiles at them. This bizarre futuristic city. They finally escape. They go back to their home base. They take out that CD and they discover a map. And they're going to be going to some sort of alien planet. And it says Beyond Good and Evil 2. Which looks nothing like the very first Beyond Good and Evil. Apparently, this is going to be a prequel. So instead of just being on that one planet the entire time, you're going to be going across the galaxy and exploring different planets. And it looked stunning. You really have to watch this trailer. It's, you know, just the amount of graphical detail. It was totally CG. There was no gameplay whatsoever, but it just looked amazing. It almost looked like the, uh, the fifth element meets Blade Runner meets animal farm i don't know it was very very cool so the director of uh of the very first beyond good and evil michelle ansel he walks on stage and he can't talk he keeps trying to talk but he's wiping away tears from his eyes he's choking up he's so passionate he thanks eve and he thanks the fans for sticking with them for so long uh gabriel shager I believe is her name, says that the game takes place before the birth of the main character from the first game, Jade, and says that uh, there's a giant corporation that's creating creatures and sending them off to control the galaxy. Apparently, the technology for the game alone has been in development for over three years, uh, and Cell says that he wants to make a game that will uh, uh, make the fans happy, but he also wants the fans to make the game with them. 
there's some sort of program called the Space Monkey program that will help players influence how the game is made. Uh, and Cell and Gabriel then ask Yves Gelmont, the CEO of Ubisoft, to get on the stage, and the whole team joins them. Yves says that games can help people grow and get better, and he thanks everyone for watching and playing as the show closes out. And that was the entire Ubisoft press conference. Let me tell you, you know, it was not... I wouldn't say necessarily it was full of um, uh, meaty game demos. Like, you couldn't really latch on to anything and be like, oh, I can't wait to... No, no, I take that back. There was a really... I don't know how to phrase it. There was a very confident and relaxed mood to the entire thing. And I feel like in some ways that undercut some of the announcements because they could have been a little bit more like holy shit, look at our stuff, but they seem to be very reserved. The most impactful moment of the night was Beyond Good and Evil, just because Michelle Ancel was so emotional. You know, everyone else seemed very scripted and rehearsed, whereas Michelle was just like, I, you know, I can't handle this. I've been waiting my 15 years to make this game that I love so much. Um, but the announcements themselves were awesome. Like, I cannot wait to play Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle. That looks incredible. I cannot wait to play... Uh, Far Cry 5. That looks amazing. Beyond Good and Evil, whenever that comes out, who knows, that trailer alone has sold me on the concept because you don't... Just the way the characters were written and designed, that shows enough for me. It's like, all right, this... I have confidence in this, especially because the first game, you know, is a is a cult classic and Michelle Ancel is a, is a very smart man. By the way, when is Michelle Ancel's other game going to come out? The one that he was developing for, for PlayStation where you play all the different animals. Do you remember that from Gamescom like two years ago? What happened with that? What, maybe it was three years ago. Is that still coming out? I don't know. Either way, it was a really strong conference for Ubisoft. Um, and I, you know, everything they showed, with the exception of probably Skull and Bones, I'm super pumped for. Everything else, though, A+. plus. I thought it was fantastic. I, well, to be honest, the entire press conference, I would give them... I'd give them a, man, I'd give them an A minus. I'd have to, you know, for the content. I'd probably give them a B plus for presentation because like I said, everything was a little too scripted for my liking. People were not, you know, loose with the presentation. So Ubisoft, another great year. But let's talk a moment about what happened at um, the PC Gamer press conference. Microsoft was actually, a, was there in full force they were there to talk about Sea of Thieves. They talked about Forza 7 on PC. And they also announced Age of Empires Definitive Edition, a 4K rendition of the classic Age of Empires games. They were uh, the original Age of Empire game, not part two, just the first one. Uh, it's being done in 4K. They've entirely built the game from the ground up. They've tried to tweak it a little bit to fix uh, some of the dumb AI problems, as well as give new animations so everything doesn't look quite as janky. Apparently, the characters can now face 16 different directions, which is kind of cool. Um, no word on when that's coming out, but uh, uh, they said fall at the very least of this year and that they'll have much more to announce uh, at Gamescom for the 20th anniversary of Age of Empires. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is actually going to add a bunch of different movements. Players will now be able to climb and vault, so they will no longer be trapped behind fences, which I guess is a major beef for players. They're also going to add two new maps, as well as uh, replay mode, so you can rewatch your matches in 3D, so you can clip out your highlights. They said it was going to help uh, content creators you know, show off what they've done. And for the most part, the developers are just working on stability and polishing this game and getting it ready for release because this game has not been released yet it is still in early access 
Um, they also showed off Wargroove at the PC Gamer Press Conference. Wargroove is this um, game that's being made by the team behind uh, Stardew Valley, the Harvest Moonlight game. This game is a lot like uh, Advance Wars and Fire Emblem. In fact, even on stage, the creator's like, yep, this is a lot like Advance Wars. It has the exact same art style, except it's medieval as opposed to influenced by uh, you know, World War II. Uh, we also got a little bit of information about Lawbreakers. It's going to be out in August. It will cost $30, no need for DLC, and it's only being released on PC and PlayStation 4 for the time being. Uh, there is a gorgeous isometric Zelda-like game called Tunic. Please look that up. It looked awesome. It basically starred a, a fox with a sword. It was incredibly charming. Uh, Total Warhammer 2 will be arriving on September 28th. Uh, Battletech, yes, the tabletop game, is going to be coming to PC in the form of video game, obviously. Uh, and it will have a single-player campaign. Uh, if you like mech suits... It looked pretty badass, especially if you're a fan of things like Mech Assault and Mech Warrior. It was it was that type of mech suit. And XCOM 2 is getting a brand new expansion uh, later this year that's going to introduce um, basically like hero-type characters, kind of like League of Legends, except they're going to be villains. You're going to play a campaign and encounter, th encounter these three villains uh, repeatedly, and they're going to level up as time goes on and gain new abilities. It's a really fascinating concept. I think if you're a fan of uh, XCOM 2, you're definitely going to want to check out that uh, conversation they had on stage. That was basically it for the uh, PC Gamer press conference. Um, you know, they're just doing their own thing over at PC Gamer. They do not follow the logic of the other press conferences. They have sort of a more relaxed vibe to the entire thing. And I think the first year was a total flop. I feel like the second year, they got a little better. I feel like this year, they totally nailed it because it was just about pacing, pacing, pacing. They didn't let anything linger on stage. They were hurrying people along like, uh-huh, 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 okay, well, here's the trailer. Okay, cool, thanks, bye. And that was the major difference. So I think all in all, PC Gamer... This grand experiment, it's starting to pay off. I mean, there was other things that they announced that weren't that significant. They talked about Killing Ford 2 for a long time, and Intel, the sponsor of the event, oh, Jesus, they just went on and on and on about how Intel is sponsoring eSports and how it's the official you know, chipset for eSports and how they talked about the i9 briefly. Uh, there was one VR game that was made by Ready at Dawn, which was really cool. Ready at Dawn, of course, are the people that worked on things like uh, The Order 1886, I want to say. I believe that was them. They have a VR game where instead of, uh, it's going to allow you to move freely, but it's not a room scale game. You're actually floating in zero gravity and you have to use your arms to grasp onto things and sort of fling yourself forward, you know, create your own inertia and then latch your arms onto other things. It looked really interesting. Uh, and there's also going to be a multiplayer mode that's kind of like Blitzball or, um, you know, like zero gravity soccer. It was really fascinating. You definitely want to check that out. I cannot remember the name of the game. Sadly, I didn't write that down in my notes, but you definitely want to check that out. Uh, Ready to Dawn look like they're doing some major things. And that uh, that VR game is going to be part of a VR eSports event. That's, uh, I, I, I forget where it's taking place. Germany? I don't know. <laughs> but, but that was the entire PC gamer event. Great. I thought it was very, very good. It was entertaining. And it moved. It really moved. Except for when that guy was on stage to talk about Intel. Ooh, and there's one other thing. There was a point where they were talking about VR and they had these people playing VR in the background with Oculus headsets. And you could see one of the guys dropping the Oculus controller. <laughs> it was so great. And you actually heard it go like... Like, hit the ground. <laughs> but don't pick it up. And you know how embarrassing that is? Because with the headset, you can't even see anything. 
whatever we should get out of here that's the end of uh this episode obviously i'm going to be back later tonight talking all about uh everything that they announced at the sony press conference and i'm really excited for that one i'm really curious to see how they're going to uh respond to the the xbox event and how they're going to talk about the playstation 4 pro and all of its capabilities <sighs> man I'm pumped. I really, really am. Uh, Ubisoft, fantastic work. PC Gamer, really, really, probably the most improved press conference of the year. And uh, so far, this this E3's been fantastic, but we gotta come back, we gotta talk about Sony, and then tomorrow we're gonna talk all about a Nintendo. So I better go get ready, get the popcorn out, so I can watch uh, Sony. Thanks everybody for listening.